0: hello and welcome to pff fantasy football podcast i'm your host ian hartitz and wow dolphins jaguars absolutely exh- exhilarating everyone it's uh in the a.m. Eastern time here in Columbus, Ohio, coming to you. But I am hyped after that performance uh, we just saw. Okay, maybe it wasn't the prettiest game out there. But definitely do have some fancy takeaways. So I want to go through some stuff there and then go through some injuries. And uh, we'll get on out of here. So, Dolphins 31, Jaguars 13, as I said. This was a game that just honestly got away uh, from the Jaguars pretty early. It was 14-0 by the end of the first quarter, 28-7 in the third. It was just comeback mode, and it was not a good night for Gardner May. And, you know, as someone I've seen the, you know, tags from cold takes exposed and stuff in the mentions calling, you know, Gardner borderline QB one uh, going in this game. Look, it was a bad performance by Gardner, but let's not act like this is going to be just that he's just now an awful quarterback and he's not going to you know ever have a good game again. This guy put up three touchdowns against the Colts and the Titans in weeks one and two. Last time I checked that, uh you know, they're pretty good teams. We're not considering them trash. And yeah, this performance was disappointing. He missed Chris Conley on an easy touchdown. At one point, he should have hit. Wasn't making big throws downfield really all night. Checking the ball down. I mean, 275 yards and a pick on 42 attempts before Four sacks, not a good game, but you know, not having DJ Chark is huge. You look at this receiving core and you know, Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, Luis Cachenault, you got talent there, but none of those guys are going to be confused with, you know, an alpha wide receiver one like Chark. And it's it's not like Minshew is the first quarterback we've seen struggle when you take away his wide receiver one. I mean you look at Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper in recent years. You look at Matthew Stafford without Kenny Galladay right now. I mean it's not uh, it's not crazy to think that a quarterback on a team that's a little bit shallow in you know the overall talent department at that position might struggle a little bit more when they lose uh, their main guys. So no, I, okay. Yes, I was a little bit overzealous, you know, probably ranking Minshew as the QB 12 this week, even though it was a good spot, you know, without Byron Jones there in company. Uh, I, I do think, you know, just we need to realize that this Jaguars team, as fun as they can look sometimes, they aren't going to be someone that's going to, you know, be fighting for a playoff burst. So we got to have, you know, a little bit of lower expectations in general there. But I will say, you know, you look at the Jaguars upcoming schedule and I cannot wait to go back to the well here with everyone all pissed off by- This performance because the next few weeks they got the Bengals, the Texans, the Lions, the Chargers, the Texans again. I mean, those could be some big performances from this passing game. Hopefully, Chark is back there sooner rather than later. And you know, moving on these wide receivers, uh, Chris Conley led the way with eight targets. Lavisca Chenault had six. Uh, the running backs, Chris Thompson, James Robinson had six. Keelan Cole five. Uh, Tyler Eifert only three. James James O'Shaughnessy actually had more targets than Eifert at four. So you know, going to be tough to expect much from Eifert. They do love him in the red zone, but uh, I don't really think he's on the redraft or really DFS radar right now. His ceiling's just so low. And the wide receiver usage was pretty disappointing, particularly as someone you know, uh, Lavisca Chenault finished with thirty. 33 yards and as someone that had uh, his over at 37 and a half, uh, you hate to see it, um, but that, that'll happen uh, That'll happen in life. And yeah, so Laviska did look good though. He had a third down catch uh, early on that broke a couple tackles and you know kind of showed some of that explosion, but only one carry. And I think for him to be uh, useful weekly in, in fantasy, we're gonna need to see you know somewhere around five carries and then the five, six targets he got per week. So uh, just bad game script again. I don't think it's gonna be super indicative of Laviska moving on, but uh, certainly not someone I think that's going to flirt with more than a, you know, more boomer bust wide receiver three value this season. Uh, Chris Conley, pretty bad game. I, I know I mentioned uh, Minshew missed him on 30 yard score, but Conley had at least two drops and, you know, the Minshew picked Zavian Howard at the end of the game, the way Aiken was talking about it, it seemed like more miscommunication than anything. Maybe it was Minshew's fault, but, you know, either way, it's not like Conley was going up there and helping the guy a lot. So uh, not the performance we really want to see out of him and Keelan Cole, uh, 43 yards on five targets. Got a bit, uh dinged up bad at the end of the game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the concussion protocol. Come next week and, you know, again, without DJ Chark here, it's just going to be tough to treat any of these guys as realistic, you know, season-long options. But the one guy in the Jaguars' offense we can be hyped about is James Robinson because uh, he went out there and did his thing. 11 carries, 46 yards, pair of touchdowns. Also caught all six of his targets for 83 yards. I mean, in a game, again, the Jaguars were trailing 21 points in the third quarter for Robinson to catch all six of those targets and get that much pass-down work. I mean, it was surprising, you know, as someone that, you know, was yelling from the mountains to fade uh, Leonard Fournette throughout this offseason. One of the big reasons was because I thought Chris Thompson would be far more involved in game scripts like this, and, you know, we'll never know. Maybe uh, with Leonard Fournette there, they wouldn't have f- felt as confident because Fournette was never averaging this sort of uh, yards per target efficiency, but either way, in this case, Robinson is getting some of those targets and that could be the difference between you know us treating him as a borderline rb2 and a borderline rb1 so i really do think you know and this week i had robinson top 20 and it's going to be a situation where a couple more injuries happen and we're not going to be talking crazy about getting this guy up there you know in that top 15 range so not the most uh you know electric back or anything but hey he's got the volume he's not he's not bad by any stretch and he's uh shown that even in awful game scripts for him he's the goal line back and he gets and he gets actual targets so good stuff for Robinson and yeah, Chris Thompson. Even if Robinson got hurt, uh, they would bring in someone else for early down work. I don't think Chris Thompson is going to provide uh, really any fancy value all season. So that's the Jaguars side of things. Over to the Dolphins. So there's going to be a lot of disappointment from people that played any of these wide receivers. It's because Fitzpatrick's through 20 passes. He completed 18 of them, but only 160 yards and two passing touchdowns. Like well, We're going to see bigger games from Fitzpatrick when the Dolphins aren't building these types of leads because, come on, they're the Dolphins. They're, <laughs> they, they might be a sneaky, fun, bad team like they were in the second half of last year, but like they're not going to consistently uh, build three-score leads. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, but you, you look at these wide receivers. Devontae Parker, five targets. Gaskin, uh, the running back, had five. And after that, I mean, Jaseki with three targets was the number three receiver, the yeah. Preston Williams only had two, so uh, Pre- Preston and Jasicki each scored red zone touchdowns to kind of make up uh, for these bad performances. But we'll see a bigger ceiling in the future. I- I'm not, you know, going to move away too much from Jasicki as a, you know, a tight end. One, I would say he's probably in the lower end, t- uh, borderline, and you know, similar to what I was talking about with the Jaguars. Same thing applies to the Dolphins, where we just got to probably rein in expectations a little bit. And in general, you know, if you're deciding between two guys and one's on a high-powered offense like the Cowboys or you know the Falcons or Seahawks whoever it might be. And the other ones, the Jaguars, Dolphins guy, probably take the, you know, guy in the better offense, better team, likely higher uh, Vegas game total. So uh, Devontae Parker did lead the way with 69 receiving yards, uh, caught all five of his targets. I mean, throughout the game, Troy Aikman kept talking about, uh, Parker, you know, can barely run out there, and he's not 100%. Okay, I, I agree. He doesn't look—he like, didn't look like the most athletic version of Parker I've ever seen. But you know, he was running good routes out there, uh, still getting the corners to respect him enough uh, on the deep ball to come back and make make some nice catches on comeback routes. Uh, and again, you know, caught off five of his targets against real-life NFL corners. I mean, C.J. Henderson kind of had a rough game. They were targeting him a lot, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say Parker is someone that you just need to completely fade out there. He's been playing. Uh, full-time role now. I mean, 96% snaps this week. When we we have Preston at 63% and Jasicki at 52%. So it's not like uh, Parker's just not getting the usage. Uh, he should be getting because he's injured. Uh, he's actually still getting uh, plenty. So uh, again, he'll get more than five targets in a game when Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball more than 20 times. I get it in DFS or something if you don't want to exactly load up on Parker uh, while he's not, you know, seemingly 100%. But I still think he's uh, worthy of starting in uh, season long. I wouldn't, you know, let this hamstring injury as long as he's playing 96% of the offensive snaps uh dissuade you from doing so uh but yeah the thing is with Fitzpatrick I mean we might get some garbage time work for these uh receivers in the upcoming weeks but the schedule you know it's not looking nearly as good as what the uh, Jaguars are going through they got to see C- uh up next the Dolphins play the Seahawks and the 49ers Broncos, Chargers, Rams, Cardinals. So, you know, Fitzpatrick, he just put up uh, over 300 and a couple scores on the Bills so he can make the most out of a bad matchup, I get it. But, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see quite the same sort of uh, end-the-season run for him where only Lamar Jackson scored more fantasy points from Week 7 on. Uh, you know, hey, maybe Fitzmagic uh, continues to just uh, do his thing and he gets back into it, but I would guess at some point we'll see two out there. So we'll see. Um, quickly with the running game, then we'll get on to some injuries going Into the weekend, Miles Gaskin dominated a touch share: 22 carries, 66 yards on the ground. Also caught all five of his targets for 29 yards, and that no other running backs. I mean, not Breida. Howard, even Patrick Laird, none of them even had a target. So Gaskin is the pass down back, but honestly, he's kind of like Devin Singletary in that he might, he's gonna play 60, 70% snaps a week, if not more. This week, he actually played 77% um, of the snaps. Matt Breida is only 15%, and Howard was 8%. We're gonna have Gaskin at 70% snaps, and he's gonna flirt with, you know, 20 plus touches, and that's great. That should be in a starting lineup, but Jordan Howard is truly one of the only vultures in the entire league. I think normally we overrate goal line backs and kind of what they're doing. A lot of times it's more just the offense is on the field. They get down inside the five-yard line. Whatever running back is in the game usually gets the touches. They don't you know, actively call timeouts or stop the momentum of the offense just to put in whatever running back they need for the play. But the Dolphins are getting pretty close to doing that with Jordan Howard. Absolutely hilarious uh, stat line through three games now. 16 carries, 12 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Pretty ridiculous. So, uh, you know, as opposed to James Robinson, who, you know, was able to get – all those 83 uh, you know, receiving yards and six targets uh, in that kind of bad game script game. He's also getting the goal line touches. I mean, Robinson's someone I think is going to flirt with that RB1 borderline uh, more so than Gaskin. Uh, you know, again, like Singletary, I mean, Gaskin can be a solid, you know, low ceiling RB2, but the touchdown floor is just so much worse. And I mean, Singletary's got to deal with Josh Allen stealing his touchdowns, but with Gaskin, it really is there with Howard. So fun game, 31-13 Dolphins. Before we get some injuries, want to quickly, Give a shout out to our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. If you like fantasy football, you need to be playing on Underdog Fantasy. It's my favorite new fantasy football app. Website and app are super slick and by far the best experience out there. Do snake draft games for real money every week. You draft a new team every week and get a shot at big prizes. The team that built the app is top-notch and the customer support, best in the game. They're constantly updating and adding new features. Look up Underdog Fantasy on your app store or go to underdogfantasy.com to play today and make sure to use code PFF after you do let them know that I sent you. So On to some injuries for the weekend and you know, make sure to check out uh, PFF's Zone Mario Pilato who's been doing these awesome injury articles on the site he goes through all the official injury report to give analysis on the fantasy relevant players uh, tells you how bad the injury is you know if you should expect them to be limited when they're out there and what it might be so uh, make sure you check that out for updates throughout the weekend but starting things off Christian Kirk Arizona Cardinals wide receiver is not practicing with a groin injury he's number one in the NFL in average target depth I mean it's checkdowns pretty much to Hopkins and uh, Fitzgerald not checkdowns but just short passes to Hawkins and Fitzgerald, uh, they're both like bottom 10 in average target depth. But Christian Kirk is number one if you uh, lower the target threshold below 10. I was kind of looking in on him as a potential uh, DFS, uh, you know, uh, GPP play and just hope they get one one or two of those big, uh, big deep balls. But, you know, if he's going to be banged up, I think I'm going to be out on him if he's active. The big move here could be is if Kirk is out, then Andy Isabella would be a viable uh, DFS start throw. So Isabella truly is one of the more talented backups in the league. It just doesn't have a big role more weeks than not. Uh, with the Falcons, Julio Jones with a hamstring injury. Re-injured it uh, mid-game week two. He hasn't practiced all week, uh, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. It's tough to not start the guy if he's out there. We've seen Julio play through injuries playing of times before, and he's had weeks of practice where he's just hardly doing anything, and he goes out there on Sunday and does his thing, but at a minimum, you know, just realize you should have a replacement ready, and I would keep expectations about a true eruption and check. Uh, with the Bills, Zach Moss has not practiced all week uh, due to a toe injury, so I wouldn't say Singletary is going to enter this, like, RB1 uh, zone or anything like that if Moss is out. I mean, again, the Josh Allen vulture concern, concerns are always there. He doesn't check it down to his backs hardly, and TJ Yeldon is going to be active If if Moss is out, we saw this last year with Frank Gore. Singletary's role didn't really change all that much depending on who the other back was. So, you know, Singletary's still there for, you know, his usual kind of RB2 role, but I just don't think, uh, Moss being out. It's going to result in a huge ranking change. Uh, Philip Lindsey with the Broncos out with Turf Toe. This is an example where we actually should be adjusting the ranks uh, accordingly because Melvin Gordon flirted with 80% snaps uh, last week with him out. I thought Royce Freeman would more or less take the Philip Lindsay role. That's not what happened. I've been getting some starting sick sit questions about Gordon and, you know, you got to treat him as a top, you know, 16, 17 back. He looked pretty good last week and Driscoll I think is going to keep this offense a little more competitive than people are expecting. So, uh, you know, I, I get it. Melvin Gordon's not an RB1 right now, but hey, he's getting RB1 usage with Philip Lindsay out, and if you're getting RB1 usage, even if you're just okay with it, you can still provide RB2 production at least. Um, also on the Broncos, Jerry Judy limited with ribs injury. I think he'll play, and you know you can treat him as a, kind of like an upside wide receiver three almost at this point as, uh, with Sutton out. But, you know, I think the other story here is that, hey, KJ Hamler, 62% snaps last week, seven targets. He looks a lot like the Broncos, you know, number two pass game target, probably number three behind uh, Noah Font, but only 3,000 on DraftKings this week. That is your freaking dart throw, everyone. KJ Hamler 3K on DraftKings. The projected ownership doesn't even seem that high. I don't know if uh, you know, it's just his, he never got to go to the combine. But Hamler, man, if he could have gone the combine, we're talking legit 4-2 guy, super explosive. And you know, I plan on having plenty of exposure to him this week. Uh, Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay has still been limited with his hamstring injury, but it seems like he's on track uh, to get back. Hopefully this gets this offense back in the 2019 mode. I mean, first year with Daryl Bevel, uh, Stafford had a league-high 11.6-yard average target depth. Right now that's down to 9.1%. I get it, like why gun the ball downfield when you don't have awesome, as many awesome receivers to go get them downfield at the moment, so it makes sense that that goes back up with Gallaudet. Either way, excited to hopefully see better days from this Lions offense in the near future. With the Packers, uh, Devontae Adams has been not practicing on Wednesday with a hamstring injury and he was only rehabbing on Thursday, so if he's out, Malik Taylor will probably enter three wide receiver sets, and I think MVS and uh, Lazard are probably upside wide receiver threes, wide receiver four uh, respectively. I would uh, prioritize MVS over Lazer. But I think Aaron Jones is the guy that really benefits. I mean, no Devontae. We're talking about Aaron Jones, like, legit top three back. I'd probably only put him behind Zeke and Kamara because he's averaged seven targets per game with Adams, sideline or injured mid-game over these last two seasons. This year already, you know, he's got second most targets among RBs, only behind Kamara. So, even more locked in target share without Adams uh, would be awesome for Aaron Jones. Uh, Colts tight end Jack Doyle returned to limited practice Thursday with this ankle injury. If he's back, then I think him and Mo Alley Cox are just off the table. It's going to be a split situation. It sounds like he is on track to return. Uh, Chiefs receiver Sammy Watkins did not practice on Thursday with a concussion. Monday night game. So, you know, it's going to, we're going to need to find out Saturday what the status is. If he's questionable, then you're not. Going to be able to do much, but might be Miko Hardman season people. And this was part of the allure of the Hardman experience. I mean, it was always going to be tough. Uh, one scenario for Hardman going this year was okay. Hopefully, he just rises up and has a starting role in the offense. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the other allure was that he truly is one of the like the only wide receiver handcuff in the league because whenever he's out there, whenever he gets targets, good things happen. We don't have examples of Hardman being out there on the field and just not doing anything with this opportunity. It's just getting out there, and if any of Walkins, Tyreek, Demarcus Robinson go out, it becomes me, Cole Hardman season, people. So I cannot wait. I'd be you know, fine treating him as a top 40 option, uh, moving forward with walk out, uh, Josh Jacobs with a hip injury and Darren Waller's knee injury, both have missed Raiders practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Seems like a potential workload management thing. I mean, both those, both these guys were getting fed last week, but Hey, if they do end up being out, um, I do think Devontae Booker would be Jacob's backup, not Jalen Richard. They've used Booker in that DeAndre Washington role. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I just think they view Rashard as more of a scat-back type. Uh, Booker would be the one I would want to kind of jam in there. Could be legit, you know, RB2 option if Jacobs does happen to be out, but I don't think it's anything to really worry about. Uh, and then for Waller, if he's out, you know, there's so many tight end options out there, you'll probably find someone else, but Foster Moreau could be a potential uh, DFS guy. Definitely not uh, Jason Witten. I hope not, but who knows? Foster Moreau is actually pretty good. Um, with the Chargers, running back Justin Jackson. Still out with this quad injury, and hey, Justin Jackson's out. Fire up Joshua Kelly as a legit, you know, top 24 RB, but just keep in mind eventually when Justin Jackson comes back, it's gonna be a situation where uh, I think he's gonna really make some Joshua Kelly fantasy managers bad because Justin Jackson has been really good with the Chargers. I mean, literally. yards per carry uh, with them on 81 rushes over the past three seasons. So I know Joshua Kelly has flashed a little bit, but I mean, I wouldn't say he's just, you know, seized this job from Justin Jackson. They're going to just bury him on the bench, uh, you know, uh, and credit to Kelly. Again, his film has looked better in the numbers and he's done some decent things in the receiving game, but, you know, only averaging 3.5 yards per 10th on 35 carries. I don't think Kelly has done enough to necessarily pull away from Jackson if he's healthy and out there. So he's not healthy right now. You don't have to worry about it. But, you know, in week five or six or whenever the hell uh, Jackson apples get back, uh, I would, you know, be fading Kelly in that immediate week with the Rams, Cam, Cam Akers. Not practicing all week due to a ribs injury. Malcolm Brown is back at practice uh, with a broken pinky. But look, yeah, I think Daryl Henderson could going to be the guy here. I mean, Akers with the, you know, ribs and shoulder injuries kind of worry me with running backs because you're kind of expecting them to be able to, you know, run, take all that contact and not not, not worry, not think twice about it. Uh, particularly, you know, with the Akers being the rookie and they maybe don't know how he'll respond to this. Uh, it just makes sense that Henderson would be the guy this week. He was the best back on the Rams last week. I know Brown's been playing fine. I think he'll still get some carries and touches if he's able to, but. You know, in, when your position's main priority is holding on, the ball uh, should not be discounting this finger injury either. So, you know, definitely fine slotting in Henderson, the starting lineups of pretty much all shapes and sizes this week uh, with the Saints got about six more of these everyone. Michael Thomas hasn't been practicing all week with an ankle injury. Uh, I'm team Traquan Smith over Emmanuel Sanders after seeing it last week and kind of the roles they're doing it. They just seem like Smith more or less took Thomas's routes. But honestly, it's Kamara number one and probably Jared Cook number two. So, okay, like wide receiver three range for Traquan, that's fine. But I just would not expect, you know, Anything near wide receiver one, even wide receiver two production. He's the wide receiver one on his team but the number three pass game target, most likely. Uh, with the Giants, just want to point out that <laughs> there's a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. I think it's all pointing towards Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, uh, even Golden Tate and Evan Ingram really putting together a big week because we know Saquon's out, but also Sterling Shepard is on IR with a toe injury. And then you look at this 49ers defense, which normally we want to stay away from, but Richard Sherman, Joey Bosa, D. Ford, Sullivan Thomas, All these guys are out, and there's even some more guys that got banged up. So really think uh, Daniel Jones and company are going underrated this week. Uh, With the Jets, (laughs) Perryman ankle, Hogan ribs, Crowder hamstring, all looking iffy. You know, the Jets' best wide receivers are tight end, who they insist on leaving in the block on half of their dropbacks. Braxton Berrios, like he had the touchdown last week, but that was just on a play where Donald made a fantastic throw rolling out after uh, getting away from some pressure. So uh, that was also against backups. So I don't think – it's it's a situation we should be chasing uh, points that are barrios uh, with the eagles jalen rager on our the finger injury jeffrey got, alshon jeffrey got back to practice he's do, still dealing with his foot issue but he'll probably be out this week so even if he's in deshaun jackson week perhaps. Everyone? Maybe. I mean, it sure couldn't stay in front of uh, OBJ last week. I know DJ still has some speed, so we'll see there. I would be uh, fine going back to well with Deshaun Jackson with his snaps uh, and health looking much better in week two. Uh, with the Steelers, Juju Smith Schuster with a knee and, De- and Deontay Johnson uh, missed practice on Wednesday. They're both expecting to be fine. Uh, we just note that, you know, both these guys are fantasy wide receiver twos, and it's unfortunate, I guess, for Juju, fantasy investors that thought he would be this sky high wide receiver one, but he's still going to be playing productive. And it's just more so. Deontay is truly looking like that wide receiver two that I think is garnering the hype. But I think uh, you know if you if you only kind of read like Twitter and that kind of stuff, you'd probably think like Deontay is just outright uh, wide receiver one potentially. But I think it's more uh, more so just that it's a, a fluid one a one b situation, which was obviously not how their average draft positions were being approached this entire offseason. So that's where all the optimism comes from. Um, also mentioned the 49ers' defensive injuries, but they're not healthy on offense either. Uh, George Kittle has been limited with this knee injury. Sounds like there's some concern about the turf, though. It's just tough to really trust him uh, too much this week. Seems like limited snaps could be on the table. And when you take that into account, and then Moster and Coleman out with knee injuries, Debo Samuel's still away. Jared McKinnon looks like the number one playmaker out there that uh, Kyle Shannon's going to want to get the ball to. So, you know, I, I do have Mike Davis ahead of him. I, I want to prioritize Mike Davis uh, in the waiver wire uh, stuff. But, you know, McKinnon certainly uh, viable for that starting spot this week. Uh, with the Titans, A.J. Brown still not practicing with a knee injury, so continue to fire up Corey Davis as, you know, top 35 receiver. And Adam Humphries and Jonu Smith have some appeal again. Uh, Jonu, by the way, fancy overall tight end one through uh, two weeks. I don't think it'll hold, but definitely, um, you know, top 10 options seems like throughout the rest of the year what a beast and last one right here a Washington football team wide receiver Steven Sims DMP with a toe and you know okay you're not going to play him or Inman or any of these wide receivers but Might just be time for Antonio Gibson to get there in the starting lineup. 67% snaps last week. I thought he was going to be you know, kind of the slasher, pass-down guy with Peyton Barber and or Bryce Love taking early down stuff. No, Barber got pretty much benched, and it was only McKissick and Gibson out there. So I think we're going to be in a situation after this week where everyone's going to be starting Gibson uh, moving forward. Love him this week. So a quick word from our sponsor before we get out of here, Uh, Monkey Knife Fight. All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least 20 bucks in their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription $40 value for just 20 bucks, and you can turn that 20 bucks into, into even more money while playing DFS and prop games. So go to Monkey Knife Fight deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today and receive that free PFF Edge annual subscription. Thank you for listening. It's been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. We have shows out every Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Have some guests on for the Wednesday and Thursday episodes to break down the week and then I'm always here solo reviewing the games after a monday thursday and sunday night so thank you all for listening as always uh, i wish wish all you the best of luck in your week three matchups go make that money go get those wins go inspire the fantasy squad and just have a great overall weekend so take care everyone